Hello, and welcome to the Anime Ichiban podcast on Goomba Stomp. I'm Howie, as always I'm joined by Matt and Kyle, and uh, it's going to be a good episode. Guys, how are you both doing? Matt, what's news in your world? I am doing fantastic. I won a year supply of free chicken and rice guys, which is a local Boston chain. Uh, entered an eating contest with some buddies of mine yesterday, and we demolished the competition. It was pretty glorious. And beyond that, I've been super, super busy with a whole lot of things that we'll probably get into later. Yeah, life is good. Oh, good and I'm just excited about anime because this season is so good. This season is so good <laughs> so far. Life is good. You've got loads of chicken and rice and lots of anime, so things can't get better. And Kyle, how about you? Well, I ate a lot of food, but nobody gave me any prizes for it. I mean, so, your stomach rewarded you with happiness. Mm, and diarrhea. Happiness <laughs> might be one of the words for it, but no, I've been pretty good. Also busy, which is nice. Um, yeah, I made a post about it on Goomba Stomp. I probably make a post-mortem or a follow-up on it, but for a couple of weeks, um, I worked with an artist and we did a game jam and we made a visual novel and it was stressful slightly stressful <laughs> but yeah that unfortunately uh kept me away from video games and anime which i've been trying to catch up on so i'm i'm doing pretty all right now i'm very relaxed yep and boy was september a month of games <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's been a lot coming out so, I mean, I guess that means for our next question, which is what have you guys been playing and watching, that answers your, uh, that answers the question for you, Kyle, because you've been busy making a game. Yeah, uh, we're just yeah. scrubs that play games. He's the one who's doing work, making them you've been, for us. You've been creative and productive and, and hardworking, and we've been lazy just But I hate it. I, I want to be lazy. I want to play video <laughs> games. I'm at like 60% complete with Spider-Man. I'm like 80% complete with Octopath. I'm, and I want to play Valkyria Chronicles Four. I'm like, I'm, I'm. My backlog is looking very intimidating now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I've been, yeah. I, I've been the same. I've started a lot of bits recently, and I've not really like plowed into any of them. Uh, I bought Astrobot for PlayStation VR, which is actually really, really fun. One of my issues with PSVR is that it's not had many games on. Uh, but this is like a 3D platformer and they kind of teased a demo of it a couple of years ago on a, a sort of I think like a free compilation um, and they've actually made a full game out of it now and it's basically just like a 3D platformer but you're there within the world you can look all around and it's, it's just a really cool novelty uh, so I've played that a little bit and then I was playing Neo today which I've never played before oh and yeah oh. Like, have, you, have you guys played that we yes I have I haven't finished it yeah Weeby Dark Souls. No, no, no. You're thinking, you're thinking, uh, you're thinking Code, Code Vein. Vein. You're Code thinking Vein. Code Vein. Oh, Code yeah. Vein. Right. It, it, it is Japanese um, but, uh, <laughs> in it, see, I, I really like it because I enjoyed Bloodborne, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I thought it was cool, but I think Neo, from what I've played so far, improves on it. I, I enjoyed it's more aggressive and it's faster. Um, but then again, I've only played it for like two hours, so it's too soon to tell. Uh, I thought Bloodborne was really cool, but I just quite like the, fluidity of neo so far um right. don't get me wrong bloodborne was quick ish but i feel like neo is built on that more so um and i like the weapon variety from like from straight away you've got a mix of weapons to play with and i think that's cool uh mm. so yeah so far so good so far i'm really enjoying it yeah. uh i think other than that i've not really been playing too much what about you matt 
So I've been sitting, actually backtrack a little bit, just a quick comment on Neo. Um, I'll be interested to see if you have the same criticism as I did, because yes, I love the combat in Neo, but what I found that wore me down as the game went on is just the inventory management, because you probably noticed how enemies drop weapons and armor like it's candy. And yeah. the game encourages you to min-max. And so you're just constantly, like, every five minutes going in and out of your menu. Like, is this better? Is this good? Is this worse? Okay, chuck it. And so that kind of got on my nerves. And you can't ignore that. But as someone who, like, thrives off of min-maxing like myself, that started to drive me up a wall. But, yeah, the combat itself yeah. is, like, phenom phenomenal in Neo. But, yeah, yeah you're so only two hours in, so we'll see what happens. That's what I've seen everyone saying about the uh, inventory management. I uh, I got the DLC weapons of it. It was, like, a special edition because it was in sale on PlayStation. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I might do for a while, anyways, for as long as I can, is just literally stick to those DLC weapons and try and just sell everything else. Even yeah. if it's, like, slightly as good as, I'll try and, like, sell everything to try and kind of alleviate that issue of inventory That's probably management. for the best, yeah. Yeah, just because everyone says it's really, really, like, just too much, too cumbersome. So I'm mm. going to deliberately try and detach myself from that part of the game. I mean, I say that now, I bet later I'll be struggling and I'll be trying to find the best weapons just to give me an edge in combat. But right now, mm. I'm going to try and make the most out of a more minimal kind of inventory approach. But right. uh, yeah. watch this space. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, see well, the thing with you. those DLC yeah. weapons, um, though... Just to, like, close out this Neo conversation, just, like, yeah, it's kind of annoying because the DLC items are, like, vastly superior to everything you get early game. So there's, like, no real reason if you stick to those to get anything else. Um, so, yeah, that, I, I'm not a huge fan of the way Neo does armor, especially after Dark Souls and Bloodborne have, like, a very good item and inventory management system. But yeah. Those are my thoughts. Yeah, I'll have to. Uh, I'll I'll see how it pans out the more I play because I'm I'm gonna play more after the podcast. I'm really enjoying it so far, but uh, I don't know. So yeah, I was gonna say as well, Matt. What anime have you been watching? So I recently finished up Full Metal Panic: Invisible Victory because Ooh. I adored the original Full Metal Panic. I that was one of the first anime I watched back when I watched dubbed, and I just can't. Watch that show not dubbed now. I have to have uh, Chris Pat Patton and Lucy Christensen as my lead roles. And it was just so nice seeing it come back in this really crisp and clean animation style. It's the exact same animation style as the early 2000 show, but it's just so clean looking. And it's so nice. But this new season is sort of a paradigm shift from the previous seasons. And it raises the stakes in such a natural and gratifying way that I was just utterly engrossed the entire the of the 12 or 13 episodes. And by the time it ended, I was just so enraptured by it. The only critique is that I thought this final season was the end of the story and it's not. <laughs> and it ends on a cliffhanger and I was very mad about that. And who knows when we're going to get the next season, considering it took, I don't know what, yeah, years, it took ages, didn't like it, for them to do it. Yep. And like they kind of stopped for ages, and then like this was the first series back in a long time, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. So I think so it's who knows really when cool we'll get the next one. <laughs> the fact they brought they brought that back all this time later, and they brought it back in a really good format, I think is really really cool. I watched like I think most of the first series. I didn't get around to finishing it. It's uh, one of the many shows that's kind of just on hold in my backlog, but uh, I was enjoying it. I was liking it. Although I was watching the sub. Would you say dub mm. is better though? Uh, I wouldn't say it's better, but it's just kind of what I've got. And I just, 
I can't watch it not dubbed at this point. Yeah. It's just kind of ingrained in me. It's like if I were to try to watch Full Metal Alchemist, ironically enough, and anything but dub, I just can't. It's just yeah. that's dubbed for me. There are just some shows that I have to watch dubbed, whether or not they're actually better. To, and to be fair, yeah, like the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood dub is really, really good. And uh, I've not seen the original Full Metal Alchemist, so I'm not sure about that. But uh, I know that also Full Metal Panic is regarded as one of the better dubs. There are mm-hmm. so many that are just aren't very good, but those two are regarded as like really good examples of where the dub got it right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, speaking of dubs, uh, I always find if I look up the My Hero Academia dub, I get quite depressed. Uh, I'm really not a fan <laughs> it's of that. not that bad. It's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty not, good. Chris Sabat's a really bad. good All Might. Oh yeah, he's really good. Yeah, no, it's not that bad. Um, but I'm I'm so used to the Japanese voices now that every mm-hmm. time, if ever, I just look it up on YouTube just to have a mm-hmm. little glance at it. It does seem really weird for me as someone who's really used to it. Uh, the reason I bring this up is because that's our first topic, uh, My Hero Academia, because the third season has just ended. Guys, what do you think? I know Kyle, you've you've read it, you've not watched it, but Matt, you've finish watching it like me what do you think right so we've something i love about the hero academia show the series and it's just a sign of a good shonen in general it's just that it never introduces a dull character every single character mm-hmm. introduces is just so special in their own way like i was about to say bombastic but some of them aren't bombastic like whatever yeah. this shy guy and the top three is i forget his name Like, he's not bombastic, but he's got so much character already. But then we look at the actual bombastic characters. We look at Mirio, and oh boy, oh man, I am so into this. (laughs) And Kyle is so not into this. (laughs) No, no, that was was very much mm, with an exclamation point. Oh, okay. It it was a good, it was a good, mm, yeah. No, no, Mirio is one of, if... He's probably one of, if not my favorite characters um, right. in the series. He's just, and, and especially with next season, since you'll see more of him, like he, his backstory is incredible. The way he gets like used in the next story arc is fantastic. And this is, like we were talking about before, um, and I would definitely agree that this upcoming arc is probably the strongest one uh so far yeah i mean that's saying something because like there's been some fucking awesome arcs so far i think for me personally the uh the, the camp out arc of the start of series three where they go to this training camp and then the villains attack that's my favorite arc of the show so far i think there's so many great moments there but knowing that this upcoming arc is potentially going to beat it i'm just so excited for season four mm-hmm. and well, what i really oh sorry go Oh, I was just going to say, so what's really interesting, um, and you were talking about this, Matt, with getting characters introduced, what I've really liked about the big three, too, is that up until now, uh, this point in the series with Hero Academia, you really only see two type, or like at least for the heroes, two types. Um, you see the students um, in like Deku's year, and then you see the professional heroes. You don't really see the in-between that's which is say, students yeah. transitioning like very nearly like being at the point of being professional heroes. Right, yeah, because really it, is cool it, it is a school. There's uh, There <laughs> are years to this. So far, I've only seen the first years. With the introduction of the big three, this is, from what I know, this is the first time we've seen the upperclassmen in this school who are supposedly, if the freshmen are this amazing, 
the upperclassmen have all this more other experience too. They should, especially at the prestigious UA. And mm -hmm. with the introduction of Big Three, that proves that is proof positive. Like they even say Mirio would be a contender for the number one hero spot, even as he is now, even though he's not a professional mm -hmm. hero yet, which is really cool to see. That's amazing to think about. And when you do see him fight, I think that's such an entertaining fight. When you see his abilities at work, you you have mm -hmm. a proper kind of tangible way to realize, fuck, he is really, really powerful. Mm -hmm. that and he deserves it. He deserves it, yeah. And that's what I really like about his character so far as well. The fact that he's gotten that power through hard work and dedication. And you make it it makes you realize, wow, like he's not just a powerful guy, he's a guy who's completely deserving of his status as the best in UA. Something else I loved is that like initially when you kind of find out about his power, it seems like it could be confusing, but I love the way it's broken down and explained. Mm -hmm. And they almost right. give a sort of pseudo-scientific explanation to try and kind of justify certain things. So, like, if he turns back when he's underground, like, he's he's repelled. He doesn't just kind of, like, die or whatever. Like, he's repelled by the ground. The way, just little explanations like that just kind of fill in those blanks in your head and make mm -hmm. the power more believable. Even though it's obviously completely fiction, you still think, oh, that could happen. That's believable. It, it makes it seem plausible within its universe. And I right. think well, if I may cool. go, if I may go full scientific really quickly, because yeah. <laughs> something I found really funny is that he said uh, he can't breathe while he's using his power because oxygen mo molecules go right through him. He can't hear because sound waves. He can't see because light. If light goes through him, then that means he's invisible. Uh. <laughs> People can't see him if light <laughs> is going through him. Yeah, we can still clearly see him. So that's a may, may, I don't know. You, can you tell us that, Kyle? Does he ever turn invisible later on in the manga? I don't feel like that'd be a, a spoiler. No, no. But <laughs> like, I I feel like at least in with, with the way that you know Horikoshi explains most of the quirks in the show, um, fuck science. Right, right. right. Uh, I'm not. I'm not but, saying this is like a detriment. Well, I just thought no, this was no. Funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that would that would be an interesting way if like, you know, they they follow through with like real physics on that, but. Harry, you were mentioning it before, but what's really nice about Hero Academia is that the way they introduce and establish quirks and powers is that they they set down the ground rules. Um, yeah. And, like, it never really deviates far from the core foundation of what a quirk does. Everything that's, like, I mean, just looking at, like, the whole, I forget what part of the series it was but when they're experimenting with what their quirks can do i think it was actually this one where mirror gets introduced um where they're trying to figure out like different things that they can do with it they're all logical steps from what their base quirk can do oh, yeah that was before the provisional licensing exam yeah mm -hmm. but yeah it, like they lay down the foundation and it all makes sense within the world it doesn't have to make sense yeah. in reality like yeah Miria doesn't turn invisible but with the information that horikoshi gives us it all makes sense yeah, right. within their it, it fictitious universe, yeah. A clear progression for improvement for each character. That's mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. something we've said it before, but I love how my hero doesn't rely on power scaling like so many other shonens do. They take what's available for each character and they use them and they use their talents and abilities in creative ways to get out of their situations. They're not it's not just them digging deep inside to find the strength they need to persevere. Like that's there, but it's not the forefront driver of victory like it is in dragon ball which is the great a offender of that of course uh naruto bleach did that a lot 
what I, mm. what the the little I saw of Black Clover definitely did that. A one piece um, does it a bit as well, where like right. uh, they unlock like a new form or a new kind of branch to their abilities, mm-hmm. and it, it still feels good. But there is definitely a trope of like, oh, okay, so that's how you're going to beat this enemy. You're just going to power up in that way. Yeah. So yeah, I, like, I really like that my hero doesn't do that. Right. Or like when it does do it, it feels like it's kind of built towards it. So when you see Todoroki uh, using fire and ice simultaneously, mm-hmm. you know, you could argue that's a power, but it feels like that's a power that's in keeping with like his his character arc. It's built mm-hmm. towards it for some time. It's been mentioned in the past and you know he's been training for it. So to see him use it, it's like that's completely justified. It's not just come out of nowhere. And he's not doing that because he really believes in himself and he believes in the power of friendship. He's doing it because he's been working really fucking hard for the past few months to achieve that. Mm-hmm. Well, what's, great about, mm-hmm. what's great about the show is that like it, it still has that. It's like Echo believes in his friends and all of that. They right. fight with the power of friendship. But, you know, they also kick ass because they you know figure out how to fight smart. Um, and one of the things that actually reminded me of like another series that did this incredibly well it, it's been out for a while now but have both of you seen the last airbender oh yeah yeah i'm aware that i've seen bits of it but i've not seen it all okay before. yeah well the great thing about avatar um is that it's got a very pretty simple premise um for how its powers work it's you can manipulate one of the four elements but as the series progresses you can see like very logical deviations from like how you can manipulate so it's like if you're a waterbender you can you know manipulate the water that exists in plants or in people um that that was such a haunting episode it was was great it's great but like it all makes sense because they're they've established like a core rule and they expand that within the world um but within you know the limitations of what would make sense and the Hero Academia does much of the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless we're and, talking about the, the M. Night Shyamalan hmm? iteration of the last uh, era, No, you know, no. Which uh, I'm aware is not quite, uh, it's not meant to be quite as good. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> well, if they meant it. They did just announce it. the new live action series. Oh, boy. Uh, so, I mean, uh, it's got the original creator on board this time. And I don't trust it. I, I know. No, but, I, I am uh, going to tell you exactly why I trust <laughs> it even less. <laughs> because Aaron Ahaz, um, one of the original showrunners, made another show called The Dragon Prince, and that is terrible. Oh boy. So well. just because they have one of the original creators does not mean it's going to be good, especially mm-hmm. if they're just going to be rehashing the concept. Well, well yeah, I just I just think about as well, like I mean, this is, I've mentioned this before about, like, adaptations, but I really hate, if, if you take source material that's perfect in its original form, it's absolutely great. It's so rare you can adapt that into another medium and have it work. You know, I think maybe, like, the Harry Potter franchise is one of the exceptions. Um, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, there's a, there's a few exceptions when adapting from, like, novels, I think. But I think if you're taking something like a... I don't know, like like a, a an animation, a cartoon, an animated series, and then you're adapting it into live action. It's just like, why? The cartoon did it fucking great. Like, it, it nailed it. It told that story perfectly. It doesn't need to be in another medium. But it's just, 
I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. I so for example, yeah. yeah, with like Hero Academia, like I, I love the manga. Like I, I started with the anime. Um, I got impatient with waiting for a new season. So I went into the manga. It's all done fantastically. But the way the action is portrayed, it's very much like a storyboard where it's like you need to kind of fill in the gaps. So yeah. when I went back to the anime and like I saw all of the fights um, and some of the more like high profile fights, I, it gave me like mm, like I, I enjoyed watching it again just because I got something new out of it. We're falling down a rabbit hole of live action adaptations, mm-hmm. which we can all agree often don't work. Was that um, our very first podcast? No, that was our second podcast topic, I think. Hey, was, IMDb was likes it. Uh, but, but yeah, like I'm very glad uh, My Hero Academia isn't getting a live ad- action adaptation as far as we know because it's fucking awesome. And the series three has proven it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really, really cool. And I just think after series two, it became my favorite anime. It just became my number one for quality and for entertainment value. I just think it's it's the best. I know it's like, you could argue, you know, it's the most popular and it, can, it seems like a basic pick to choose like your your favorite number one, but I genuinely think the hype is justified, and it is just so mm. objectively good and entertaining. So yeah, I love season three, and I'm really excited to see where they go in season four. But we we'll, we'll, you know what's re- yeah? wait yeah really you know what's related to season three though is the movie. Oh and yeah, oh, I, yes, I, forgot I, I saw that. Yeah. I, oh, you got to see it too. Yeah, I saw I saw it as well. Oh, and, I've not been able to see it because I live in England. And yeah. I can't see it right now. Oops. Guys, is it good? And tell me all about it. It's hmm. so it's without pretty do, good. Do you know the you know the premise, right? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, or, no, I know the premise. Okay. Right? They go to this this island. Uh, is to meet. I think like somebody who used to collaborate with All Might. Uh, right. And and villains attack. It is mindless fun. Is how I describe yeah. it because yes. since this was an anime original story that slotted in between manga arcs, that means like it couldn't have any actual ramifications on the main story, it couldn't have any lasting effects. And so you <laughs> go into the movie knowing that, and the movie knows that too. And so like it tries to create stakes, but it it's very clear there's like an invisible line that the studio doesn't want to cross in like how much damage they can actually cause and how much lore they can actually do. I fucking um, so knew he wouldn't of, keep the glove. I fucking knew it, but right, it was exactly, so cool. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, there's an item that Deku gets that if he had that in the main series, it would, like, be an utter game changer. And because of that, you know, like, that's not going to last. It's going to be gone yeah. by the end of the movie. And sure enough, it's gone by the end of the movie. You you get um, a cool scene out of it, granted. Yeah. But yeah. you, you know going in that, like, it's going, like they're going to come out of it with the status quo intact. Yeah. So which, that's why I say it's mindless fun because, like, when it comes down to it, you still got the super, super flashy uh, fights and yeah, you've over still, the top animation, the, the entertainment value, course, yeah. but you just know there's no real stakes. So yeah. your investment. We, we isn't never real. even got a name of the main villain in this movie. Oh really? <laughs> he doesn't oh, have Magneto? a name. Yeah, he's Magneto, but we don't know his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I weird. I do like I do like that they still made an effort to tie it back into the main story though. Um, mm. With the way the main villain, like all, all of his stuff, um, right at the very end. Yeah, I I will say, I I haven't. I will admit to not having seen many anime movies. The few that I've seen, like One Piece and uh, Bleach, it felt very fan servicey in the sense that hey, use the cast, even though they're not really going to do anything. I'm like, okay, okay cool. Right. I got to see Suyu for like thirty seconds. 
Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That they, that part was a little weird. How they just kind of like, hey, here's the rest of the cast. I was like, wait, 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 well, huh? What? Yeah. Okay. Something I uh, something I read because I mean I read this in the review and I'm skeptical to think of this. Apparently, they spend quite a bit of time like explaining the premise of the show and kind of recapping what yeah. it all is. That, the reason why that really annoys me is because I just think like, who is this movie for? If this movie right. is for people who don't really know the source material very well, you shouldn't be watching this movie. Like, What's funny if, though is that in my group of friends, there were three people who hadn't watched or read My Hero, so that really? was actually really helpful for them. See, I see, I, yeah, I just find that kind of crazy. Like, like for that to be your introduction to the franchise, yeah. I'd rather the film just kind of say, "No, fuck you!" If you don't know the source material, this is for fans. This is for people who have read the manga or watched the anime. And I imagine it only demands like a, a small knowledge of the source material, like the first few chapters, the first few episodes, just to kind of get it but i think okay okay well i guess i guess to be fair it's like my hero academia like is a a super high profile series um it is w- probably the biggest shonen franchise going on right now so i would be willing to bet that they're trying to get new viewers in just out of the sheer curiosity yeah but like, like i i, I don't series now <laughs> oh well that's good good yeah. converts but i like I don't know if you guys have seen more anime movies, but is this like standard where like ongoing high profile series have movies that come out that spend like five to ten minutes to get people up to speed? Like, is that a thing that just happens? Um, because the only ongoing series that really get movies while they're ongoing are the big shonen shows, so One Piece, Naruto, Bleach, uh, other anime movies. Like Eurocamp that we just found out, <laughs> um, they those movies typically happen after the series is over, and mm. they cover something either completely original or just like a little extra manga arc or something like that. And so, because the series is done, they don't need to get anyone into the series because mm-hmm. at most, like the the bulk of their sales are already over with at that point. The move, the purpose of the movie is just to sell the movie itself, and mm-hmm. so. When it comes to movies of ongoing series, I haven't seen that much. I've basically seen this one, and I've seen I saw a handful of Bleach movies back in the day when I was still into that. I don't remember anything about them, so yeah, it's hard for me to comment <laughs> yeah. on that. There's yeah. a there's a I've not seen any of the One Piece movies, but there is one that's on my watch list, and I saw the start of it, uh, but I couldn't continue because my internet cut out. Uh, but like it starts, I think it's I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's one that's quite renowned for being quite dark. And almost like kind of quite alternative representation of the characters. But it starts and they're just on the going merry. They're just sailing up to an island and that's that. And there's no backstory explanation. Mm-hmm. Like you're assumed, it's assumed that as a fan, you pick it up, you know who Luffy and the Straw Hat crew are. And you see them on the ship. It's like, yeah, this is it. This is the cast. And it doesn't go back into their backstory. And this is how Luffy uh, met them all. Because it's just like, it doesn't need to. Okay, I, but I could something feel- like that, like, could somebody who isn't familiar with the franchise go into that and just watch that and enjoy it for what it is? Because I feel like with Hero Academia, there's such like it, it's it's a fairly fleshed out world with really 
like fleshed out yeah. systems of powers that they kind of need to establish it if you don't already know the series. But with something like One Piece, it's crazy pirate shenanigans that you can kind of just get dumped yeah, into. Yeah, you can kind of that is true. You can kind of just pick it up straight away. And even when it's like, oh, Luffy's made of rubber, again, like you'll you'll be like, oh, okay, he's made of rubber then. And even if you don't know what devil fruits are, you can I guess it doesn't really matter. I'm not sure, but uh, mm-hmm. like I said, I've only seen five minutes of the movie, so I can't really comment on like where it goes. It could go on to like, a really deep devil fruit-centric storyline, in which case <laughs> you'd need to have a bit of background knowledge. But uh, I understand, yeah, in the case of My Hero Academia, I, I understand there is quite a bit of kind of background stuff you need to know. Uh, I guess I just, I just find it strange that... They they think well, let's cater to the few people that don't know. <laughs> when I think really most people watching it, even though there'll be some who aren't familiar with the source material, I like to think like ninety percent of people are going to know the source material. And it's mm. kind of like say you went to watch go back to the Harry Potter example. Say you want, went to watch like the uh, fifth Harry Potter movie. It's not going to take any time explaining the first four Harry Potter movies. It assumes you've seen them. You've seen the first four Harry Potter movies or read the books. You're going to watch a fifth one, so it assumes that, like, you know what's going mm. on. And, and I, I kind of like it if the movie, My Hero Academia, kind of had that same approach. And I kind of like that ruthlessness. I know it maybe sounds a bit weird, but I quite like sometimes for, like, entertainment to to treat you like you're intelligent and like you're smart. Yeah, yeah. Like the Hero you know. Academia movie was kind of frustrating for that, just because, like, like we mentioned earlier, there were, like, a few, more than a few fan servicey elements that honestly took me out of it they weren't huge enough to like like i i left i got out of the movie like enjoying it but like matt said it is just mindless fun um mm-hmm. like i think with some editing work it could be a really good movie but yeah. right now it's just it's just fun and i would really yeah. only recommend it to fans of the series and one yeah, more thing I'll say, that. Matt. Okay. Uh, I, I don't want it to sound like I'm I'm ragging on your three friends and hating on them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like just just an FYI, I'm really glad they went and they enjoyed the movie and they've gotten into the series. I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. mean like it, it, I'm just talking about the bigger picture, right? Um, I totally get because it. your friends are free are free of the many millions of people who have seen it, and yeah, that's kind of where I'm getting at. Because I think most right. people are coming in as fans, and it's like. You know, for yeah. all that time you're filling in groundwork, you could be actually showing us really cool content, but instead you're just repeating what we already know. But I don't know. I'm definitely going to watch it, and I'm sure I'll love it because, uh, you know, I I even enjoyed the OVAs at My Hero Academia, so like I know I'm going to enjoy the movie. So yeah, please release in the UK in some form, please. Uh, no, so yeah. no, we don't get it. It'll be like a two-hour <laughs> drive away from you if they do. <laughs> I fucking hate it. I hate that. Like, if you go on Netflix, if I if for me in the UK, if I go on Netflix, I'll be greeted by, like, the boss baby back in business. <laughs> Yet you can't stream the Death Note anime. For example, you, you can stream the live action remake, but you can't stream the Death Note anime outside of the US. And, I mean, that's just one you know there's no justice in the world. The boss baby back in business is available, but a really good show of, of any capacity just won't be available to certain people. So, yeah. Anyways, rant aside, uh, we'll move on because we've been on this for ages. Uh, this one is something that you guys know more about than me, but uh, Isekai anime, which is, uh, for those who don't know, you'd be like me since yesterday, um, until yesterday even, uh, an, an Isekai anim- anime 
is a it's, it's an anime that basically has an alternate world where the protagonist or the heroes end up in this kind of alternate reality uh as far as i know correct me if i'm wrong and uh it's a long-running genre that's pretty oversaturated it's uh, it's not even that long running. <laughs> oh, is it, is it I, well, I, oh. <laughs> the, as it stands right now, what the current popular understanding of isekai is, yeah, it's not that long running. Um, the concept has been around. Like, I kind of had my mind blown when I found out like a couple years ago that, yeah, te- technically Inuyasha is an isekai. It's like, oh, right. all right. Um, anyways. Sorry to interrupt you there. <laughs> It's just it's no, one no, of no. my it's one of my gripes with the genre that we'll get into. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, I don't really know much about the genre, so that was somewhat a guess. But it's long running, I assumed, because it is saturated. It's oversaturated, so I assumed mm-hmm. it was quite long running. Uh, like I said before, I didn't know the name Isekai uh, until yesterday. Uh, I've obviously seen shows of this of this genre, um, but you guys have quite strong opinions on it, so. Uh, so Matt, I'll hand over to you first. What do you think? What are your thoughts on the genre? Right. So what sparked this discussion to begin with was yesterday, or was it Friday? Within the past two days, Kodansha, or was it Kadokawa? Well, I need to get my facts straight. Basically, there was a new series that was announced called Isekai Quartet. And what Isekai Quartet is that it's a crossover series between Overlord, ReZero, uh, Konosuba and Saga of Tanya the Evil. All four of those shows are isekai shows, and all four of those are highly, highly, highly regarded isekai shows. Um, the third third season of Overlord just wrapped up. I haven't seen it yet. I need to. Um, but everyone that's watched it says they absolutely adored it. And when I saw that announcement, I'm just like, oh my god, this this makes perfect sense. Like, why hasn't this been done yet? Like, the entire premise of an isekai. Is characters going to another world. There's already mechanics in play that cause them to go between different worlds. So a crossover is just such a no-brainer that never <laughs> occurred to me. And it's just this kind of shot in the arm that I think the isekai genre needs because it's gotten so stagnant. Granted, <laughs> it's not going to be this grand, like, super complicated story. I have a feeling it might even be shorts because it's going to be in super with super deformed characters or, in other words, chibi-style characters. But just... The prospect of seeing all these various characters from other series come together, interact together, and these characters all behave vastly differently, too, yeah. is just such a fascinating thing. Um, and the reason I say it's fascinating is because Isekai, there's so much goddamn Isekai in the anime industry now. Um, if <laughs> you look at any given season's chart over the past two or three years, you will find at least three isekai shows on that season and of those three one to two of them will be set in a game mmo world and it's just every single time they're all exactly the same um and they've never evolved and kyle i think you have more to say on that as well if you want to jump it, in here it's, like. so i think we were, we were talking about this before we started recording but the like the, the real kick to the dick that started it all off was sao and if Sword you Art aren't Online, familiar with, that, yeah. if you aren't familiar with Sword Art Online, get out from under your rock, because <laughs> it is one of. It's not a bad series, but it's not it's a not, good series. It's, it's no, no. This is what <laughs> pisses me off so much about it. It's not a bad series, but people are treating it like a fantastic series, and that frustrates me to no end because it has got a one of the blandest worlds ever. 
and B, one of the blandest protagonists ever. It is He's, so he is possibly my least favorite antagonist. I mean, a protagonist of all time. Because um, he's nothing. He's he's absolutely nothing. He's it's, it's because This is a complete gripe of mine, and I see it so much. Um, like, I was recently playing a game called uh, Tokyo Zandu X Plus, which is... Oh, a, <laughs> I was playing oh that's that a Japanese game. Yeah, you yeah. can just... Yeah, you can tell. Um, I've, I've only played it a bit, but uh, it sound, it's really cool so far. But the protagonist, it's just a really generic fucking, like, apathetic male protagonist who is, like, kind of borderline... A borderline asshole to, like, girls he meets. See, but, I'd, 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 I'd even have that. I'd rather have that. Because Kirito is nothing. He's just nice guy. That is it. I'd rather have an asshole because that's more personality than what Kirito offers. It's just fucking weird, but, but I, I just, I hate the whole thing in like, in anime things and manga things where like the male protagonist is almost just like such a dick to girls, yet girls really like him. And I feel like there's fucking like sexually immature anime fans that like imprint themselves on that and model their own behavior on that. And then they're like a dick to women and then they complain they can't get a girlfriend and that's how an incel is born. It's just a guess. <laughs> it's a theory I have. And oh, I think people like Kirito fucking job, fuel but... that. Yeah, it, I mean, just... like, it's the same problem that I have with most, if not, like, I can't think of a harem series that I've actually enjoyed. Mm. Um, just because the protagonist is, like... A blank Mr. slate. Mr. Golden Boy. Yeah, it's it, he's a blank slate for the purposes of the viewer projecting themselves. It's a power fantasy, and it does not make for good watching if you're not into that. There are some series that do it pretty well. From you know, what I saw of Overlord, um, you know, he is like pretty overpowered, but that makes sense within the context of the world. There is something like I think it was Log Horizon. That did a pretty good job of it um, because they go to great lengths to establish why and how he's, you know, incredibly powerful in the world. But mm -hmm. shows like Sword Art Online, they just, oh, I'm leveling up. Oh, I've been working so hard. It's so fucking <laughs> Did you stupid. have a stroke just now? <laughs> Whoever wrote Sword Art Online must have had a stroke because it's that fucking just terrible. It's, <laughs> in, it's ass pull the anime. Same reason why, like, there are so many bad shonens because they don't, like, it, it's the antithesis to Hero Academia. They make no efforts to establish why the protagonist is deserving of all of their, like, acclaim. There's one isekai that came out two seasons ago or something like that where the title was, I was reincarnated in another world with my cell phone. And <laughs> is that actually the title? <laughs> that yeah. is the title. I do not shit you. And He's overpowered just because he ha he has his phone, and people Ugh. don't know how to deal with that. And you see, his phone like, has that, apps that, on it as well. That could obviously be done in a very comedic way, but even then, I think the concept would wear thin so quickly. And then, if if it's it, in it, like kind of, yeah. I mean, how is it done? Like, I didn't I didn't watch more than half an episode of it. Oh, good. I, uh, okay. Yeah. But and, see, like, and, yeah. like you, you had mentioned that earlier, but like the, the big issue with the current iteration of Isekai is that they're either like straight takes of generic game or fantasy or game fantasy world, or they're deconstructions of it. 
Um, and I use the term deconstruction lightly because there are some shows that actually treat it like a deconstruction, like Konosuba, which is a fantastic isekai because it just tears down all of the dumb tropes um, and plays with them. Or you can have something like I turned into a fridge. Like it, it's just a stupid or, fucking concept. I, or, or a hot spring. Even better. Wait, yeah, wait that, somebody that turns exists. into a hot spring? That exists. There is one where a guy's reincarnated a hot spring that's known for his healing properties. And people from all around the fancy world, especially the females, no. come to bathe and rejuvenate their bodies. And that's I how that goes. Just, I, I, am, I hate it. I just, I just hate it. I just hate <laughs> Don't you wish you could just reboot reality? I think, I think what's, what's so strange in, like, in manga and anime writing there is genuinely some writing that I think is so creative. It just blows my mind. Um, mm -hmm. I've mentioned so many times, I'll mention it again, I'm binging One Piece. And Ichiro Oda's writing is fucking incredible. Like, you know, you, you can criticise One Piece for being really long and quite slow, but, like, the actual creativity behind so many of the ideas is just mind-boggling. Um, and the way it's all constructed, which is why when you see, you hear certain ideas... And you just think that it's so fucking boring and so shit. I mean, you, you just hear some series. I was reincarnated in another world with my cell phone. How fucking boring is that? Like, you could write any series. You could write anything. You could create exactly. anything. And that's what you thought. I feel the same way about Fifty Shades of Grey. Like, you can write anything. You can create any story, any universe, and you choose that. What the fuck is wrong with you? You need to be sectioned. Mm -hmm. Like... So but, th but that's why when you take the base concept of an isekai, which is just getting transported to another world, anything that isn't a game slash fantasy setting immediately stands out. And yeah. usually they're pretty good. Like Yojo Senki or Tanya, uh, yeah. the saga of Tanya the Evil, is one of my favorite isekais just because it's about a Japanese businessman who gets reincarnated as a tiny blonde lolly and destroys alternate Europe as like lolly blonde Hitler. And it's great because it's done so well and it's such a unique premise in a unique setting. That's a good band name, lolly blonde Hitler. We just got a band called lolly blonde Hitler. It's quite a good band name oh, actually. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to write that yeah. down. I'm going to keep that. Right, yeah, right, the down, the right. point being, it's like yeah. well, Isekai yeah. is just a concept. Mm -hmm. And yet the writers continue to restrict themselves in that concept by continually reusing this game world or mm. it's like something that i want something that i feel like could push the isekai genre forward we have all these people going to other worlds where are the shows of the reverse of characters from other gate. worlds coming to our world there was gate which i liked and i know that's very divisive but i really liked gate and there was also it, it recreators was which i loved i loved recreators, recreators. that was so much fun plot pr plot uh problems aside that was so much fun to watch. Where are more mm -hmm. shows like that? There is so much potential of because both Gate and Recreators were they played themselves off as serious, but in the end they weren't really serious. Like mm -hmm. you could definitely make a series reverse isekai that has an engrossing story with characters from other worlds coming to ours, adapting to our world. That's a lot. You can do a lot more with that because we know our world better. We know all the conveniences. And, the Fate uh, series is kind of close to that. But they they come into our world with knowledge of our world. They that, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really consider that. But that's something that can be, 
it's just a treasure trove that's just almost completely untouched and it baffles me it utterly baffles me that it hasn't been done more like the fact that um do you know about the dengeki newcomer award in japan mm, oh for all of the for like light, upcoming light, light novel or yeah light novel artists yeah, or uh, so, authors yeah Right. So basically the newcomer award is that you ent- you submit a manuscript for a new series. And if you win, then it gets Ooh. published. And that's the start for a lot of budding authors in the light novel industry. Isekai is a banned genre for the newcomer award. You cannot oh, really? submit an isekai story for the newcomer award. It is banned because the it. light novel market in particular, like the anime market is bad, but the light novel market is <laughs> so completely and utterly it's beyond oversaturated like it that, is just like so down to the though, core to of the like, earth if you've got so many talented writers trying to like put their stories in how disappointed would you feel as somebody who's tried to see that you've lost to someone who's written like if you die in the game you die in real life a really generic premise you'd feel mm. so frustrated and so let down you just think this competition's a piece of shit it favors mm. such oversaturated Wait. overdone concepts um so I'm, I'm glad they kind of have that restriction of like if you want to win this you've got to try and break conventions and be really creative in your idea and show us like, something we've never read before I'm, exactly. I'm kind of disappointed that that happened just because like you said like isekai is such a broad concept that can be used so well if done right um and done mm-hmm. in an interesting or creative way um it's it's I, nearly identical to how shonen gets treated um, the problem being yeah. that isekai is a little more narrow um, because it does have to, you know, deal with, okay, you're just being transported to another world. So the the unfortunate thing is that more often than not, people go with, like, the same setting, which is the real problem, honestly. And that's kind of unfortunate because you get great series that, like, you don't even, like, a, a good isekai, you kind of forget that it's an isekai. Right. Um so something like No Game No Life is fantastic. Oh my god, I completely forgot that's an isekai. You're it so is, right? Right? <laughs> right? You think about it, but then like the the whole premise is just putting normal people or not even normal people, just somebody in a different environment that they have to get used to and how they struggle against that is like you both get to see their personal growth and how they interact with the rules of the world. So something like No Game, No Life, you know, did a fantastic job of creating its universe and having the protagonists mess around with the rules of that world. So it's it, it is really frustrating that like mm-hmm. so many people just limit themselves to teenage boy power fantasy. Well, there was a show that another isekai that's like well, a few seasons ago within the year. It was Death March of something some other. Oh, and- the par- yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so I was I started watching it, and like the guy in the in our world, he was like a middle aged salary salary man. I'm like, oh, cool, we're gonna get an isekai of like some middle aged dude for once. Swear once to he God. gets to the another world, he just becomes a teenage boy again. I'm God damn like, it! And I dropped it right I, in there. I'm like, okay, you just got to America uh, again. I mean, to be honest, it's probably because like the demographic for all those shows is often teenage boys, and I think it's very much an element of like projection. Uh, right, but that's one hundred percent. Yeah. As not teenage boys, as adults, like it's frustrating for us to see it. It's yeah, like, like you know, show something a bit different. Um, and even if it is genre a, is a thing, yeah, yeah. Like, and even if it is still a teenage boy protagonist, deliver that protagonist in a different way. 
to like make them like avoid those fucking apathetic, boring personality traits that mm-hmm. kind of that you know people like Kirito they're so fucking boring. And you just, I don't know, like, you watch Sword Art Online as an adult, and you just think, why isn't someone like Asuna the main character? She's infinitely more likable, but she's mm. not. Um, and back next then to so much stuff, I think there's nothing more boring than just a really one-dimensional male protagonist that just fits those really basic tropes of apathetic, aloof, a loner, right. but he's secretly a nice guy. And it's like, well, okay... Prove that he's a nice guy, but don't just say that. And that's basically what carries through in so many of these shows from what I've seen. It's frustrating. Uh, this is but... that that reminds me actually. This is sort of a tangent, but it's actually kind of an isekai now that I think about it. Uh do you know the story about Titus and Final Fantasy X? How he got put in there? Uh no. I've not like, played. I've, I've yeah, played, so... I have played Final Fantasy X. I've played it like midway through. Right. So Final Fantasy X is kind of an isekai when I think about it. But anyways, Titus didn't exist in the early stages of the Final Fantasy X play, planning. Like, originally, the main character was supposed to be Yuna, the priestess. But partway through, they said, like, you know what? Yuna's not really relatable. We need to have someone that our main player demographic can relate to. And so they put Titus in, who is What's, this who is, generic, yeah, teenage yeah, boy. I, I, uh, sorry to offend Final Fantasy fans as I do every week, but, uh, I fucking <laughs> hate Titus. And he's one of the worst things about that fucking game. <laughs> And and yeah. everyone, everyone complains about, like, Lightning from 13, and she's not the most interesting of characters, but she's infinitely better than Titus. Like, mm-hmm. I'll t- you know, at least she's not annoying. That's all I'll say about Lightning. At least she's not annoying. Titus was fucking annoying. Like, I hate it. Yeah, right. I, just, I hate that trope of just fucking shit, immature male protagonists. Like and that's just symptomatic for old. the genre in general, yeah. Yeah, it's so fucking annoying. I don't, I don't know, like, I just, I love to see protagonists, even if they are, like, uh... I mean, okay, My Hero Academia, look at Midoriya, for example. There's a teenage male protagonist, but he's really, really legitimately likable. And mm-hmm. that's what's so cool about it. Um, something we didn't mention earlier about My Hero Academia, but I love how relatable Katsuki is as well. Like, back ago, you, you see him early on, he's just a bully. But, like, as he slowly kind of unravels as a character, he becomes more and more relatable. When it comes to his, like, insecurities and fears, I find that so cool. And, and like, the way that My Hero Academia realises its characters like that in really relatable, legitimately relatable ways is fantastic. Which is why when you mm-hmm. see someone like Kirito, he's just not <laughs> relatable. Like, who can yep. relate to him? Unless you're a fucking weirdo that lives in a basement and wanks into a sock. How can you relate to this person? You've like, just described most like to 13 to 17 year old boys. Yeah. That's his Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, we were, which is why, like, whenever you have somebody as a protagonist that isn't a teenage boy, you have immediately got my interest. Um, hmm. So something like MMO Junkie, which was about a like 30 year old office woman. Um, you have something like Log Horizon or Overlord, which were both like pretty like comfortable dudes in their late twenties. Uh, you have something like Yojo Senki, which is about a middle-aged businessman. Like, I, just give me more people, just yeah. more What's types funny, of people. Though, the counter argument to this, my personal counter argument. So mm-hmm. my hands down favorite isekai, which is getting an anime adaptation for winter season, so next season, is Rise of the Shield Hero. Have you either either of you heard of that? 
Doesn't sound like no. it. No. Okay, so Rise of the Shield Hero is an isekai. It's in a video game world, and it features a male teenage protagonist. <laughs> Although but said, it, it is my favorite isekai. Like, it, it, is it really well written? It is extremely well written. The male protagonist isn't just a golden boy. Like, he has emotions. He has feelings. He acts on these emotions logically. Like, the world completely and utterly shits on him in the very beginning of the show. And hmm. he uses that as motivation. He's just like, okay, you know what? Everyone's against me. I'm going to show that I'm going to succeed. I'm going to take the resources I have and use them. And Again, like going back to my hero, using what you have in creative ways to rise up and overcome the situation. Hmm. Um, basically, the premise is that Kit gets reincarnated in the world as a shield hero, along with the three other people who are the sword, lance, and archer heroes, respectively. Everyone worships the sword, lance, and archers because they're actually weapons. Meanwhile, the shield hero is kind of like this ah, taboo. Okay. Because, like, you have a shield. <laughs> what could you do, <laughs> piece of shit? Um, and it goes from there. And okay. it's just so incredibly well done. The character, you feel for the character so much. It's not a shonen show, it's 100% a seinen series. Um, which, again, we don't have a whole lot of those in the isekai. The four in the isekai quartet we mentioned so Konosuba, Overlord, Yojo Senki and uh, ReZero. Those are more seinen than shonen. Mm. And seinen isekai, and for those of you who don't know, seinen is like young adult genre. There aren't a whole lot of seinen isekai. And when handled properly, you can still create these stories that are appealing to young adults like ourselves. Um, and so, okay, so something I'm even curious what, about with yeah. something I'm curious about with this series though is like, is he, he he's the protagonist, but is he ever in like a position of power within the world? Or is he just like trying to, you know, like make his way? So I read the web novel. And from what I know, the light novel that got published afterwards um, differs in the story. And that's the one that's going to get adapted into anime. But in the web novel, he does mm -hmm. eventually get into a position of power. But it is like way, way, okay, way, good. way later. Yeah. Good. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, the like, longest time, he's just kind of like groveling in the dirt. Just like good. trying to get by fucking good because yeah. like the way you're describing that like that is exactly like why i really enjoyed grimgar um which is another isekai um so grimgar is a yes it is a series where people get transported into a video game fantasy world but the characters that the story is about um particularly the protagonist they are just garbage like they they barely get out of like fights with kobolds and goblins alive but it's really cool to see them start from the bottom and just make their way up to like having a living within this world and it's so interesting to see that yeah. no they don't and you see them like make that progression and i would much rather see a like progression within a smaller range rather than see somebody from start from zero and go all the way to 100 within like two seasons or a single episode. Or a single fucking episode. <laughs> like, for, for whatever fucking reason, Kirito is suddenly, like, the most... I, I fucking hate Sword Art Online. <laughs> you went from saying it's not a bad show to just, like, it's the scum of the earth. <laughs> okay, okay. It's... Yeah, it's the scum of the earth. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll settle with that. I, th I think for me personally, like, and this, this applies to most things, I tend to favor things that I consider are somewhat eccentric or a bit out there or a bit more kind of are just creative or interesting. I really don't mm -hmm. like banality in, in anything, in music, in games, in media. I hate for something to be benign or boring or bland, um, which is why Sword Art Online doesn't do it for me. It, it just seems so boring to me. 
as a concept, as a premise, and the way it's executed. Yeah, but the problem with that with isekais is that, like, quote-unquote innovations that people have within the genre are, like, they're not going far enough. Like, usually what happens is either the protagonist gets transformed into something else, or they have, like, a unique quirk. Like, yeah, slime, you get turned into a refrigerator or a hot spring, or you have, like, your fucking cell phone. And it's just so narrow in scope that, like, they don't go beyond, like, nope. For something where the entire point is being transported to another world, there is an extreme lack of world building. Mm. And oh yeah. That's my biggest problem that that like aside from the protagonist that is my biggest problem with Isekai's like you are just like it's just do something different. They use the game world as a crutch more often than not yeah. to explain things. It's just like, oh, it's yeah. a skill system. You get the skill you can use this magic. It's like, <sighs> okay, but how do you use it? how does that work? And it's just not explained because it's like it's a game. It's like, well, I mean, uh yeah, that, that, that's, yeah, that's my reaction. Just, that's uh, another thing that Shield Hero does. It's like, yes, it's a game world, but they go into the explanations like, this is how the skills work. This is why you unlock them. This is why this works and in this world. Does it, does it feel like it was written by somebody who actually plays and understands video games? Mm. Yeah, I would say yes <laughs> and no, okay. only because like, mm. if it was, this is like a way more complicated game than anyone would have. Like, it's very clear he kept getting more ideas as he was writing the series, mm. but the way he incorporated them in, it didn't seem jarring. Like, it always seemed okay. natural. It was okay. it was a good, it was like instilling new um, concepts into the series that it kept it fresh every time. Okay, so it was like, because that was, like, as much as I enjoyed the concept and most of Log Horizon, it was a huge slog to get through just because... The second like, season especially, yeah. It's... Like they, they get into the politics um, and yeah. a lot of the game mechanics, which is like, okay, this is akin to me reading like a very dry retelling of like a historical event rather than somebody's like dramatization of it. Where it's like, okay, if I'm like if I'm interested in history or tactics, like I'll read that and I'll get something out of it. But otherwise, I'm like, just, it's not very interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had the same complaint about the second season of Log Horizon. But... Okay, guys, review my joke quickly. Why did the male protagonist get transported to another world? Because um, it... wait, 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 oh, wait, oh. wait, wait, wait. Oh. Um, it's it's because it's. <laughs> mm, I could come up with something witty, but I'm just falling flat on my face right because, now. What's it because? Because he's a guy. God damn it! Oh, he's That's a guy. Another he's one. a guy. Where are the Very good. <laughs> oh. Hey, where are there the we female go. protagonists? They're I, I yeah. guess technically yeah. Tanya, but yeah, that's well, that's a, a man. Yeah. yeah, like there. Yeah. I'm reading a manga right now that's an isekai, um, and I'll keep this short since we were going on a bit. But it's basically a girl, a schoolgirl. She gets reincarnated as a spider monster in another world, and I actually really like hmm. it. Um, it's pretty interesting. I've all caught up on it. It's getting an anime apparently, but beyond, I guess it's not really a female protagonist because she acts. I don't know. It's a spider. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but another one of my friends says an up-and-coming subgenre is, like, female protagonists getting reincarnated in, like, Otome games as, like, the main protagonist in a d- dating sim. Those are apparently... Oh, I don't, some up-and-coming, I don't like that. I don't like yeah, that. Manga series like that. Because he reads Chinese, and the Chinese translation scene is way, way up, more up there than the English translation scene. And so oh, really? he's... Uh, 
Yeah, so he's more aware of more series coming up than hmm. I am in some regards. Ooh. But yeah, that's that. Where female more female protagonists, that's not an Otome thing. Let's 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 settle Emma's, on that. Emma's not done in a way where her tits are massively inflated and she's sexualized at every uh, every minute yes. and like loads of strong really female protagonist. Give me more a female MMO junkie characters. A female protagonist is treated in a really normal way, where she's just yeah, she's not played for weird sexualization. But yeah, come on anyways, Japan, come on Japan, please. Yeah, we'll wrap it awesome up in just a minute. Before we do, uh, what animes have you guys been watching, and what are you looking forward to this season? Right. So this season has been. An absolute goldmine so far. Like everything I've watched has been has ranged from either super super solid to absolute fucking lootly incredible. Um, so the two big ones to get out of the way are Goblin Slayer and Slime reincarnated mm. as a slime. Yeah, and those both fall into the very solid core. Like Goblin Slayer is basically if you take Master Chief from Halo and throw him into a fantasy setting, you get Goblin Slayer, and he slays goblins. Pretty simple. Um, very enjoyable first episode, like very dark. I'm um, looking forward to that goes. Slime Son is an isekai. Hooray! Um, <laughs> dude's reincarnated as a uh, salary man is reincarnated in another world as a slime. He has to kind of get by. It's very clear he's going to be very become very overpowered very quickly. But what kind of sets it apart is that it's got super, super high production values, strangely enough. Ooh. And that mm. kind of makes it refreshing in a weird way, seeing all these. Uh, Kind of tried and true tropes done in like a really uh sparkly and flashy manner uh that's the best way i can describe it um but the two real standouts for me so far this season one is zombie land saga and i made a post in uh goomba stomp about this a couple days ago i told everyone it's just like you need to go watch this just don't look at anything just watch it and so the way this came up is one of my friends in my group chat, he says, like, anime of the season is Zombieland Saga. And like, haha, that's a funny joke. And then I looked at the studio, and the studio that's done it is MAPPA. And MAPPA has done really good shows in the past. They did the Rage of the Bahamut anime, which was really good. And furthermore, this was a 100% anime original story, which is also very rare. Normally, it's an anime or an adaptation of a manga or a light novel or something. And this show, like... I'm not going to say anything because everyone should just watch it with as few expectations as possible. But I will say, like, I've never watched an anime that has turned my expectations on its head so many times in the mm. first five minutes as this show has. It's just been like, oh, it's this kind of. No, it's this kind of. Maybe it's not. It's, maybe it's that kind. No, no, it's they're going for this kind. And it wasn't until like the seven minute mark or so that I'm like, OK, this is what the show is going for. And I am so in for this. It is executed so well. And it it turn it spins your head in a good way, not like a confusing manner, and I can't wait to see where they go with it. I'm gonna watch um, it sometime because like you were really raving about it on Goombastop, so I'm gonna uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna check it out because it sounds cool. Yeah, one hundred percent. The other show that I literally just watched like thirty minutes before we start recording uh, is called Iroduka, uh, a color world full of colors, or something similar like that. It's on Amazon. Essentially, it's a PA work show. So you already know it's going to be gorgeous. But the thing is, like, PA Works has outdone themselves with this series. It, I felt like I was watching a movie. It was so gorgeous. Uh, like, beyond just... I didn't see a CG crowd. Like, you know how in most series mm. you have crowds that are done in CG? Now, there was no CG crowds, and I was astonished by that. 
beyond that, like they had so many dynamic camera angles of the camera panning with characters moving as well that didn't rely on heavy CG. It was absolutely gorgeous. But beyond that as well, the premise is just incredibly interesting as well. It's about this, it's about our world where magic is well known and there are like magic shops around that kind of sell potions in a way. Like you can find buy magic that'll help you find a lost object. You can buy magic that'll create like a small rainbow for you and so on and so forth. The main character is uh, a young mage. She's a high school girl who's also trained to be a mage. But for one reason or another, like she's really depressed about something. We don't know what. Um, and so her grandma sends her back in time. Says like, I'm sending you back in time to meet my so high school sophomore self. Um, and she doesn't have an option. She just does it. And then you find out that that back in time is actually our time, 2018. So she was starting in the future, 60 years ahead from us. And now the story is taking place in 2018 and it picks up from there. And so far, it's just kind of like laying the groundwork for her establishing herself in this world, like getting her bearings. And that's a it's premise. Such, that's yeah, it's cool, such yeah. I, huh. I'm all in for it. And just the fact that it's so gorgeous as well. It's such an amazing plus. So, so is, it yeah, like a, those. is it like a dramatic tone or a slice of life kind of tone? Because I can it's see it going of, either way. Yeah. It's it's definitely a slice of life tone so far, but it's like a okay. very uh, subdued slice of life. Like the the background music never swells. It's like this. It's more like Breath of the Wild soundtrack. It's all kind of ambient. Hmm. Um, it's kind of leaves the viewer because the main character is very lost and the viewer is very lost as well. And so they kind of replicate that feeling, just kind of like getting your bearings together. And it's just it was such a joy to watch. And I cannot wait for the next episode on on that. Man, I really need to get into the fall season. Yep. I've I was honestly kind of basically. I was honestly kind of off put just because summer didn't really have anything. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna take a break mm -hmm. from Anaway for a bit. Yep. I only finished one show from the summer season, surprisingly. Yeah. It definitely kind of fell flat. Uh, have you had a chance to watch anything, Kyle? Is there anything that's been um, on your watch list? I like as far as anime goes, I've been working my way through Death Parade, um, which oh. I had recommended to me by a friend. And it is, I mean, like it's Madhouse, so it just looks yeah. great. But aside from that, like it, it is one of the few episodic shows I've seen that does <clears throat> character development extremely well. The writing is phenomenal, mm -hmm. um, because it it takes such a basic concept of people go to the afterlife to get judged, and it. Mm it presents some very interesting questions about morality, the human condition, ethics, um, and just how we view all of that. So it, it's, it's been very fun. It's a bit of a slow going um, just because it can get very emotionally draining at times. And you haven't um, finished it yet, right? I, I'm like two episodes away from finishing oh, okay. it. So oh, okay. probably. Oh, 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 oh yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. I, that that was the reaction that I had from the friend who recommended it, but yeah, that, that's what I'm watching through right now. Um, I've actually kind of taken a break from anime. I've been watching what the kids might call Western anime, which is just cartoons. What have you been saying? Um, uh, Hilda, which I love. I thought, I thought you were going to say it's Hilda. So good. <laughs> I was expecting. It's that. so good. I love it. Um, it's I, it's just such a fun show, yeah. and it's been such a long time since I've seen something that was that i could legitimately describe as whimsical yeah the, la great. the last western cartoon i really got into which was probably about like four years ago is uh i watched all of gravity falls 
And uh, mm-hmm. I started watching during season one and then I watched all through season two. And it is one of my favourite shows. I think Gravity Falls is amazing. And I get the impression that's a similar kind of premise to Hilda. It's Gravity Falls by way of Stranger Things. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's... It, it's also really cool because it goes into a lot of Western European slash Nordic mythology, which I'm not super familiar with. And yeah, there's just it it's it's got some very cool world building. But yeah, uh based off of, you know, Matt's recommendation, I think I do need to get back into my weeb shit. So <laughs> I'll probably dive back into that soon enough. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, one other thing uh, yeah. really quickly first though about this season. I've heard from four different friends at this point. Whom all I trust the opinions of, but there is a new sword art season right now, the Alicization arc. They say the first episode was very, very good, mm. and they thought they'd never say this, but they're glad that sword art is back. Mm. So I'm, this is, I'm morbidly intrigued about uh, that's this. That's so interesting. I'm definitely going to uh, check that out. Yeah. They did the uh, Gun Girl Online alternative story arc, didn't they? Uh, yeah, I like that actually. Yeah. So, yeah, I watched like half of that, and it was okay. Um, it didn't really grab me too heavily. It was all right. It was, it was inoffensive and it was entertaining enough, <laughs> but uh, it didn't really capture my imagination as much as it could have done. So I I didn't quite finish it. Uh, but this new story, I can't, I'm not familiar with, but I've not heard about it. So people are actually saying it's a step in the right direction, is it? Yeah, and these these are coming from my friends that also hated the original oh. SAO as well. Oh, so for God. them to make a complete 180 like this is like, Wait, is it going on Is here? it standalone? Like, can you no, jump no, no. into it's, this it's, without it's, watching the previous seasons? Uh, you can, as long as you've seen the original SAO, like the orig- actual, actual SAO, um, you'll you'll be fine. I think, from what I can tell. Mm, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't trust it. I don't trust it. <laughs> I'm I'm looking it up now quickly. Yeah. See, like I don't I don't trust any series that like tries to do what is what it seems to be like a band aid on like. A t- like on a franchise that wasn't that great to begin with i i can't even say if it's a yeah i mean like all i have to go off is my friend so I'll, i'm mm. gonna watch it later on mm. and i'll let you guys right. know get back sure, to us about that yeah. yeah i'm morbidly curious about it trying to find it now i can't see it on a on wikipedia which is the best place for anime uh i don't know where <laughs> <laughs> uh i just really link it to like, later, list yeah. Of, yeah link it to me because i'm intrigued like it massively gets on my nerves, sort of online, but uh, I do think it's uh, and like if, to, to be able to turn it around and potentially do a really good series, a really good iteration of it. I think mean, that would be cool. It's one of those franchises where, like, I don't care much for it, but I still follow it regardless because of what the franchise is, because of its popularity. You you mm-hmm. kind of watch it. It's kind of like I don't like Kanye West, but I still follow the latest Kanye West release to see if he's like gone fully mad like even though i don't enjoy his music i guess the same with sword art online i don't like yeah. it but i still follow it to think what have they done out of interest um i just before we wrap up i was going to say i uh, watched the new jojo jojo's bizarre adventures episode and uh, that's fucking awesome i i really love jojo's bizarre adventure and i think this new mm-hmm. the new story about golden wind there's only one episode i don't know much about it beyond that but uh it's, it's a series I've not seen for years now. And just going back into it, I remember how creatively eccentric and fun it is. And I just I just love the whole vibe of Jojo where you just think at times anything goes and like it, it can never get too weird. There's no filter on how bizarre it can get, true to name. And I think that's what's so cool and so likeable about it. 
um mm-hmm. there's like this uh, at the end of the episode uh the new iteration of jojo is on a train and this guy's questioning him about something and he says I, I can tell by the sweat on your face if you're lying or not if i taste your sweat i'll be able to tell exactly and jojo's like what the fuck and on the way out, he like he, they're on a train. And he leans back into the window and he licks his face like I can tell from the taste of your sweat that you're lying to me. And then they start fighting, and that's how the episode ends. And it's just so bizarre. What? And it was like exactly, it's really weird. It's almost like homoerotic kind of uh, strange <laughs> kind of stuff. But but that's what's so interesting about this series: the fact of like the antagonists and the protagonists are also flamboyantly weird. And you have never have any idea what the fuck is going to come next. Exactly. But that's what's so likable about it. You don't know who you're going to meet and what they're going to do, what their stand power will be. Like, they can be so fucking weird, some of the stand powers. Uh, so that's why I really like it. So I'm very excited to watch more of that. So uh, anime world is good. We're all watching some good stuff. Uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up there because I've been going on for a while. But uh, guys, your Twitter handles, please. Kyle. I am at like the rogue, L-I-K-E-T-H-E-R-O-G-U-E. And Kyle, why why are you called like the rogue? (laughs) Because I'm a roguish character who likes stealing from people that can't defend themselves. Nice, Marvel. And Matt, what's your name? I am at using Mojak, M-U-S-I-N-G-M-O-J-A-C-K. And I usually recommend a show during this segment, but I've recommended a lot. So I'll just reiterate, just watch Zombieland Saga. Just do yes. it. Just imagine I'm Shia LaBeouf right in, right in front of you. Just do it. All right. Just do it. Do such. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my name is Harry underscore Morris underscore. Uh, yeah, and I recommend watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventures new season. It's uh, going to be really good, I'm sure. So yeah, cheers, everyone. Thank you for listening and uh, all the best. Sekai no hatena